Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in beautiful and sunny and awesome Santa Cruz, California. I cannot oversell it enough. What a great weekend it was. You guys, I find it just to be the, like, we have that perfect weather so often where it's just cold enough that you can wear all the gear you need to do without getting overheated. I love that it. That is true. I love mm-hmm. it so much. So let's say who is here with us tonight. Hey, everyone. This is Liza. Don't look at me when I'm inside of you. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I brought back that old chestnut. <laughs> 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 and uh, joining us from her library, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darling. Here I am in... Um, Marina, California, and my name is Emma. And don't look at me when I'm raiding your refrigerator. <laughs> I don't understand. They, it. they don't call me Emma Fridge Bod for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the ice chest. Yes, coming to it to us from his shack. It's Naked Jim. Hey, what's happening? Hey. Uh, yeah, beautiful day in Santa Cruz. Peace, love, and dirt bikes. Exactly. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I must say. I, I can never think of anything else. I never think about it. it. It's, it's good. A, it's it's your thing. Go, go to. Keep, it is now. It's easy. Stick with the shtick, as they say. Yes. And everybody's favorite ginger, it's Bagel. Greetings from Oregon, where spring has sprung. Ooh. Oh, yes. Well, we are going to be there soon, so we will get to experience it. And joining us once again, our number one stunt misfit is Stumpy John. Hey, I guess Stumpy's it, huh? Uh, You know what? It works. I disagree. I I was going with Lefty. I like Lefty. (laughs) Lefty? Fuck it. Why not? (laughs) Right? I'm going to call you Lefty from now on. All right. Uh, well, um, this is uh, this is uh, Lefty John, Stumpy, <laughs> Stumpy Left John. I don't know. Like <laughs> well, I was in that meatball. I'm good. Hey, raise your hand if you went for a ride this weekend. Ooh, Bagel, you didn't get out for a ride? No, I've I've been busy with other things, um, particularly taxes. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah. and Emma, I think we should start every show. With the Mototown update. Is there an update? Oh, thank you, darling. Um, yes. Well, um, since uh, the last show, my compressor is in. Um, yeah. And I got, I was very, very lucky. Somebody donated a giant compressor. And I found I heard it's that steam powered. It looks like steam powered. You know, <laughs> a giant. It, as you said so eloquently, Jim, it looks like the pulleys belong on a, you know, a, 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 like a ski lift. lift. A ski lift. Mm-hmm. It's a huge thing. And the best part is it used to belong at the original British Motors in downtown Monterey. Oh, neat. And it, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And when they, they changed location in like 1980 and the service manager, um, they were giving it away. They gave away all the equipment because when they moved into their current location, yeah, sorry, dear. When they moved into their current location, um, they got all new equipment. So the service manager got it 40 years ago. 
And he's just had it in his garage since then. He said, well, you know, it hasn't really run. So I said, okay, well, you know. Um, and so I got that. And that was a bit challenging because it's 220 volts. So I had to figure Ooh. out how to, 220 works, but I figured it out. It's um, easy. You plug in two outlets into one. Well, that's basically how it works. <laughs> um, and so I got it. I got that working. And then I um, got my tire machine in, which, if you remember, was a um, donation. Mm-hmm. Heavy son of that, a bitch. That's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like a monster. <laughs> I'm still recovering from that thing. Um, but it works great. And it's um, hydraulic and pneumatic. And it works really, really well. Everything's hard-lined in. I've got my electricity where I want it. See, my workbench is going to be in the middle of the floor, and everything's above my head. So if I want air or I want electricity or I want fuel, I just reach above my head and kind of pull it down, kind of plug it into the bike. Um, if that's the case, may I recommend some extra strong deodorant? Yes, and I'm going to start yeah. shaving my armpit <laughs> for when – I'm only going to shave my right one. Just your right arm. Like, that's your reaching like, arm. Yeah, that's my reaching <laughs> arm. I like the European look on the left one, darling. But my right one, my right one's going to be the one that's on display of the public, and I don't want to display the rug. You know, you should just got, get a, a, a tattoo of Valentino Rossi under there. I, I just should. a little Valentino face. Well, you know that little angry face, Emma? I should get tattoo of that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's getting there. Um, I'm no closer to opening because I'm still waiting for my... Yes, you see, there you are. There's the tattoo. Um, I'm still waiting for my licence from the city of Marina. Um, so, you know, I'm figuring... I'm figuring I'm going to be actually open and running for the 1st of May. That's that's my startup date. Um, well, I told you I have a surprise coming to help decorate your shop. Well, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm very so, excited. I mean, we we're going to the one show, which mm. is the last weekend of um, April thirtieth and May first and second through the second of of May. And we'll be traveling back on the Monday, which is the third. And so Tuesday's really going to be my first work day. Um, and I've got a full day of work already. And let's just say, because uh, that was one of the announcements I was going to make about the one show. As we said before, you're going to be showing your bike there, El Tubbo. And uh, you're going up with, I believe, Mike McCarthy and John Dalton. Yep. Um, so I got um, way back... Gosh, last fall, I got a notification from the one show um, saying that we're not going to do an in-person show this year because of the pandemic. Would you, um, if you're interested, submit your bike digitally and we'll have a digital show. So I submitted it and they obviously liked the bike and they changed their mind. So rather than have it in February, which is usually Uh when... actually hold it they obviously moved it back until the end of um april giving a lot of people have a chance to have their um vaccinations and god knows what and so um i got a notification saying look we really like your bike if you want to drag it up there and uh, show it and i would love that because we've been up to the one show how many times laser 
Well, Jim, I think, has been the most, right? How many times, Jim? Uh, four? four or five. Yeah. Something like that, four. Yeah, four or five times. And this is the first time one of the misfits has had an opportunity yeah. to actually show um, one of the bikes up there. And it's one, and- of, one of the better misfits, too. <laughs> I'm not sure whether we you know what do we rate the misfits in order of better and worse I mean you know better Is bike like, builder misfits though Mike could oh, easily right. show one of his bikes there too experienced how about that yeah 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 Yeah, there you go <laughs> yeah because I'm not sure I like the word better because you know if I'm a better misfit that indicates that the, there's a worse misfit and I'm not sure I like oh that. you definitely rank higher than I do Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got I've got the rankings of all the misfits actually, um, and I did a whole poll behind your backs. So you didn't realize and got everybody ranked. Well, I mean, uh, and who, and just to who, find who, out who had better. Uh, well, I mean, you notice that uh, uh, Mike's gone, right? And Knock, he's gone. He's out of here. He ranked really low. Oh, I see. No, I'm kidding. This is drawn <laughs> from public opinion. <laughs> and of course, we kept Bagel because he got uh, actually was voted most cuddliest. Aww. <laughs> most kissable. <laughs> Which we still had to s- Bagel. We still have to figure this out. What's the one show? If you want a prize, I still say you got to find Bagel and kiss a ginger. No, no, no. No, no kissing in a pandemic. <laughs> just, just no. Wait. <clears throat> what if they kiss... Not like your your something else, your elbow. I, I'm, I'm just I'm still just not, not good. Okay, okay. With the whole thing. Okay, <laughs> then how about this? Mm-hmm. Can you can you bring a piece of ginger say, with you? <laughs> and they and they got to yeah. eat a piece of ginger. Oh, how about uh. that? Eat a piece. Of, find bagel. Eat a piece of ginger. Mm. You get a prize. Are we talking like like Japanese sushi ginger? Or, no, like or bring a stock of ginger. I don't know. We'll we'll oh, we'll come up with something. That's pretty, no, that's don't they do those nice ginger chews? Ooh. Those nice ginger chews. Mm. Yeah, Maybe that could be one. Delicious. Um. So yeah. yeah, no. So and yeah. So officially, Jim and I are also attending. So there's going to be a a bucket full of misfits there. So um, basically, what we're saying, Liza, is if you are in. The Pacific Northwest. Go to the one show. Hang out with mm-hmm. us. It's always a groovy time. Um, and vote for Tubbo because Tubbo is a very, very worthy recipient of something. Now, I don't know if you Pinkest guys. Bike. I don't know if you looked into it, but I'm pretty excited. So you remember the earlier one shows was in that old factory that just kind of yes. had this like real rustic um, yes. industrial feel. And then yes. it moved to that arena. Well, this year it's gone back to uh, even more rustic. It's called the um, the Zydell Barge Building. And up until just a few years ago, it was this giant open air um, shipbuilding uh, warehouse that they built barges on and then launched off. And that's where it's going to be. So this is an old in- industrial building that just shut down the business just a few years ago. And it's How got is this information. What? Because I thought it was somewhere else. It's on their website right now. Oh, okay. So it's and currently- so they have outdoor vendors and then they're gonna have stuff inside. It looks like a great place and I think it'll get that feel that they had in that like 
apocalyptic industrial thing. So I'm really oh, looking really? forward to it. Cool. Yeah. So either way, look look for us up at the one show, and I'll be uh, carrying around some some little prizes. <clears throat> Um, we did some writing. Jim, you want to give us a report? You went down to Carrizo Plains with the boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was a good weekend. Um, you guys have been down there before, right? Um, yeah. yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a, it was interesting. So I went with uh, Breaking Away Matt. Mm-hmm. And as we've had Matt on before, he does uh, really cool uh, motorcycle adventure tours. So he had a tour going down to Carrizo Plains and uh, asked me if I wanted to tag along, and I said, "Sure, why not?" It sounds like fun, because um, yeah, I do so much riding by myself. I'm like, "Hey, why not ride with other people?" And uh, it'd be a chance to take those here. The cat. Your cat wants food. He's right behind you. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He'll be there for. Yeah, hi, kitty. <laughs> um, Feed the cat. Yeah, so Feed the cat. <laughs> I I can't multitask. I'm tired. Um, yeah. So anyway, Matt does uh, these tours, and he's got a great lineup. So breaking away motorcycle tours. Um, breaking away adventures. I'm sorry, Breaking yep. Away Adventures. Um, he's got a lot of tours lined up uh, for the rest of the year, really. Uh, some BDR stuff, night sky stuff in New Mexico that sounds pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely check it out. But um, yeah, Matt does a great job. He uh, kind of finds these really out-of-the-way places to go. Um, no, so Carrizo Plains is a national monument. It's in the very southern tip of San Luis Obispo County. So mm-hmm. you're kind of in the back side of the mountains of Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm very dry and it's where uh, sometimes they get a super bloom so that's yeah. what he had scheduled around last year we had a big super bloom we had late rain um and it was apparently just blankets of gold and purple and everything there so we didn't quite have the rain this year that we had uh, last year uh but there were still some flowers you know not a ton but you know there were flowers here and there it was pretty uh but boy matt found some really great out of the way roads um yeah dirt bunch trails. of roads i yeah i'd never been on um you know, in the areas we normally ride and then further south towards Carrizo, all sorts of dirt roads off in the middle of nowhere, crazy yeah. little towns, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, it's, it's odd being in California and have to think about gas on an adventure bike, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, Matt does a great job. You know, he scoped out some lunch places ahead of time, which like in Colinga, if you know where Colinga mm-hmm. is, you know, lunch can be a bit of a challenge. But, you know, Matt has has these places to go. He knows where to hit. Um, he knows, you know, how far to go for gas, et cetera. So it was great. I swept the whole time, which I like to do anyway, kind of keep all the action in, in front of you. Um, I like that. So we got down to Carrizo. Um, and it's near, I guess, well, Soda, S-O-D-A, Lake mm-hmm. um, is kind of where it's near. And I think it's just a dry, like a salt flat is what it yeah. looks like. But it's soda, not salt. It looks like yeah. a salt lake, like a dried salt lake. Yeah. Or like a salt flats. But it's soda. Yeah, flats. it looks like a salt flat. Yeah, it's interesting. So mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go out on it; it's protected. Um, but th- that's fine. So it's really pretty. I mean, you get back in there; it's um, very mixed riding. So lots of long, you know, long sandy kind of loose halls where you could open it up, etc. Although on the way in, it was a little bit tougher because I had whatever about a hundred pounds of kit, and right. gear, and everything else. Well, then you know, hey, we got to get firewood. So we're still like, you know, what, like sixty miles from the campsite. So I got to load up. <laughs> probably 50 pounds of firewood on the pillion, you know, and strap it on so it doesn't go flying out, which wasn't bad until we hit the sand and then we got a little bit more exciting. Um, but uh, again, a beautiful place from the rolling hills in central California. And, and you, and you um, took the Africa twin on this adventure. I right? took the Africa twin, <clears throat> Good choice. Yeah, which was, 
Well, you know, I don't do enough with it, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. You know, I, I lean towards the 250 because it's, you know, it's just less intimidating. It's lighter. You know, like I said, I spend a lot of time out by myself, so it's a little easier to deal with, at least mentally. And, and how was it? Because you've gotten really used to riding your your 250 dirt bike on your adventures. Now you're riding your CRF 1000. How was that? <laughs> You know, um, it was a good way to build up to it. Uh, all the sand riding I did over the last month or two mm-hmm. down in Akatia Wells and Johnson Valley, you know, getting a chance to practice all the stuff that like keep going back to Jocelyn's class, yeah. but that's where I, that's where my teaching comes from. Um, to be able to just get the repetition of doing it on the lighter bike, it's, you know, much more, a lot more confident inspiring. I think John might be able to speak to this too. Um, so I got to practice a lot of that. And I mean, a lot of sand, especially in Nakatia Wells. Um, so getting into the sandy stuff here felt way more confident. Um, you know, the other thing I didn't, I think it's a mental thing, took the windscreen off when I got there, Yeah. Um, you know, which just made the bike feel more like a dirt bike. And in hmm. my mind, I tried to just remember all it is is a dirt bike. It's 250 or 1000. It really, it's the, the techniques are all the same. Just keep your eyes up, pick a line and, and balance. And, um, and it was actually a lot of fun, you know, so being with other people was a treat because you took some chances you wouldn't normally, um, you know, one of the funnest things was just hauling ass on loose, on loose sand and dirt. Um, you know, in the two fifty, you get to like 40, 50 miles an hour, at least for me. And it starts getting squirrely, you know, light bike, but on the Africa twin, we had some stretches doing 70 and I know that's not really fast because guys go really fast in that stuff, mm-hmm. but boy, the, 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 the heavier bike just tractored through it. Um, you know, and, and you don't feel the washboard anymore. You don't feel the little stuff anymore. It's very much like a jet ski or a, a snow snowmobiling type right. feeling once you really get going. <clears throat> so that's stuff I never would have done before. You know, I saw some of the other riders struggle with that a little bit just cause it's time doing it, you know? And also having some instructions so you have things to practice. So, you know, the high-speed stuff was a lot of fun on the big bike. And then um, most of the riding Matt took us on was, you know, beginner, intermediate I'd say. You know, some interesting hill climbs, some switchbacks, but nothing too brutal like like gnarly ruts or things like that. But at the end of the second day, uh, Santos, who's been on trips with Matt mm-hmm. before, this younger kid, he's like 27, um, not tall at all anyway. He was on an Africa. An, a uh, Triumph. Yeah. Thank you. 1200 tiger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, at the end of the day, I still wanted to ride some more. It was he, me, myself, and another guy, um, Scott's friend and like, yeah, let's go, man. And he took us all these little nooks and crannies back there. Lies, I think where you have yeah. been there before. So, you know, this area where you camp and you can find it on hip camp, um, has all these little nooks and crannies. You can go in mm-hmm. hills and ups and downs and, and all sorts of fun stuff. So we spent, you know, another good couple of hours, maybe not that long, but at the end of the day, doing much more challenging technical stuff. And, um, but you realize so much of it's in your head. It's just, um, like here's, here's a good example I'll share. <clears throat> we were riding, we, and we, it was a super long downhill to get out of where we were just down and down and ruts, you know, ruddy downhills and just kind of long. Right. So that was tiring. So it seems like, man, I hope we don't come back this way. Right. Well, sure enough, we go back that way. So I remember there was a one uphill and we're looking at, it, it's kind of long, not too terrible, but had a couple of ruts kind of in it. So mm-hmm. you had to be mindful of the ruts and where you're going to kind of pick your line and et cetera. And um, we, we kind of hung out there just for a second, but I could feel my heart rate going up just looking at it. Right. Yeah. And I recognized, and I'm like, that's silly, right? I know what the the bike's capable. I know it's not that hard. I know I have the skill set to do it. So I literally had to take a second to just start slowing my breathing down. Is this the hill that comes up to the backside of the campsite? From like where the bathrooms are, it comes up the back way. 
Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We were up and think, down a yeah, bunch think, of them. But, okay. it, it, you know, it was steep, had a couple of ruts in it that you definitely mm-hmm. didn't want to end up in. And But, you know, you just do what you know what to do is you look up and you're like, hey, I'm just going to go up that line and stay steadily on the throttle. And the bike's just tracked her up it. So, but I never would have done it by myself. So, you know, that if you ever think about going with a group, because a lot of times I do enjoy riding by myself, going with a group, you know, you really push yourself a lot more. So I would encourage it because I never would have done it. Then you do it and you're like, that really wasn't hard at all because right. the bikes are just so capable and so much of it's in your head. So, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, good, good variety, everything from sand, to up, you know, hill climbs and downhills and, you know, weird downhills into a funky, funky wash back up in a turn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then again, as long as you keep your eyes up and you have, you know, just steady throttle control, you don't have to go fast. It's just amazing how, how capable the dirt bikes are. Well, you know, yeah. we had a, a great ride yesterday too, but it started with the big news. John got a new bike. What? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And we've been talking about it the past few weeks um, about, you know, what's a good bike and shout out to Paul Kelly, who sent us an email saying, Hey, can you let me know what are some good uh, small dual sport bikes? I'm like, yeah, we've, we've been discussing it for a few weeks now. Um, so John, can you just recap what your options you were looking at were? Yeah. So, you know, um, again, everybody knows I didn't get to name Stumpy for nothing. <laughs> um, so I've been looking at the, well, certainly the DRZ 400 and we'll talk more about that. I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've been looking at those. I looked at a WR 250. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an R, but it wasn't ended up being an F. Um, and I've been looking at the. Well, it's out of my a little bit out of my price range right now, but the KLF or KLX, you know, two fifty or three hundred, mm-hmm. um, and then the in the Honda, um, two fifty L like Jim has. Yeah, and then I had thrown out um, and Michelle uh, when she was here the Super Sherpa and the XT two twenty five or XT two fifty as good yeah. shorter bikes. Because a lot of those bikes you discussed are taller, but people don't realize there are these shorter bikes that are just little goats and they rip and they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I ended up with a, with an XT225. Uh, mm-hmm. um, was it, you know, honestly, what wouldn't have been my first choice, uh, but it fit. And it, uh, you know, it's, I'm not. Wait, what? Know, not, Wait, what did that? What's that you just said? What? It, it was the right choice because it fit? It fit. Yes, I think somebody's some nobody's gloating in this conversation. No, no, because <laughs> it came down to in your discussion getting a bike that had the engine that's more powerful that you want, like on a four hundred, or getting a bike that fits. And I yeah. and I said, unfortunately, in your case, you can't have it both. If you want to have a a lower, a much lower right. seat height, you can't have. A more powerful engine. They don't come that way. Well, unless I want to like put lowering links on and sort mess. Yeah, with do a lot of yeah, which, do a lot of work. Which has a bit of a downside too, because I just I just put my um my KLR back up to stock height because the the lower it just jacked up the geometry of suspension too mm-hmm. much lowering it. So, so I'm glad um you uh, and I appreciate the fact that you did uh, heed my advice and you were searching. You were checking out every like every option. You were sending me links to all sorts of things. Even yeah. like Chinese bikes at one point, but yeah. you ended up getting the Yamaha XT225, and we took it out for uh, its first ride yesterday. We did. How yeah. did it do? 
Uh, I well, a couple. Well, first off, let me just shout out to uh, Doug at um, Santa Clara Cycle. Except, yeah, that's and Jim's that's, boy. That's ended. That's where I picked it up. Yeah, nice. and they were they were wonderful and they helped helped really well. Doug was great. So if you're in the area of Santa Clara, drop by there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was really interested to see what it was gonna what it was gonna be like because you know. Uh, as great as cycle accessories are, there you know test rides are are not available right now. So I did get so it's I didn't get to ride it like I wanted to before I bought it. But um, hey, yeah, Jim, we- next time you're there, can you suggest to them to list their for sale bikes on Twisted Road and or Rider Share? Right, like that a lot of awesome. other dealers are doing. Because I, be, John, sure. you would have be, you would have done that in a heartbeat if oh, you could, right? One hundred percent. Rent rent for a day. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, they, they let they let you. What they do is they have a, a buyback. So if, yeah. you, if once you buy it, then if you don't like it within a certain you know hour, then you can bring it back and they'll they'll turn yeah. it back. And so I did do that. So. Yeah, they're solid dudes. I mean, Doug listens to the podcast also, so he'll 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 um yeah they're they're solid. Doug listens to the podcast, so he'll hear it. Um, but I know I, I mean they go through all the bikes. They they consign bikes there, right? They mm-hmm. usually have a bunch. I don't think he has a problem selling bikes. They seem to move them pretty good out there. Um. But what I do like about them is, hey, I trust them. You know, I've known them for long enough now, and they do a lot of stuff on my bikes. Um, but they go through all the bikes. You know, they make sure they're sorted yeah. out, they're safe, they're ready for someone to go and have a good time on. And and I think, yeah, well, glad. I, I think in general, there's a lot of shops that are no longer doing test rides because of the insurance. It's just too expensive. And so listing it on Twisted Road and using their insurance for it, uh, it just gives somebody uh, more options to try it out before it fits. Cause John, you kind of had to take a leap of faith and right. just go for it. But fortunately it turned out cause you rode the piss out of that thing yesterday. Yeah. That thing is, you know, it's a lot more fun than I expected. Yeah, and then even going down, we, what we did is we went down to a secret spot, which will yes. not be named. Yes. Um, but uh, we had to go on the freeway for a little bit and then jump off on the side road. So I was like, let's see how this thing does in a freeway. But you know, it was running 60, 65 yeah. without, without gassing itself. So that was good. Well, and you said it had a pretty tall six gear, right? So it seems yeah, like it yeah, was it has a very tall six gear. Emma, like do you think that, that, that was specifically made so you could take those bikes on like a freeway? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you said you know, it had I mean, no gut whatsoever, but it didn't right. hurt the engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's that bike enjoys far more success actually in Japan than in America. It's a very, very desired bike, the Cerro. It's actually named after a mountain goat, which I didn't know. I didn't even know what a Cerro was. That's what you were calling it, right? Yeah, it's a mountain goat. Yeah. 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 So, um, and they're designed for rural communities that you can kind of honk up and down crazy mountain roads on them because the gearing is very low, but they give you this very, very tall top gear. It's almost like an overdrive. Yeah. Which means you can ride it on the freeway. It's a very, very clever little bike. That's exactly the ride we were doing. And I took my um, KTM 690 Enduro and Tad joined us on his DRZ 400. And it was the first really, um, uh, adventurous ride he's had since he had surgery on his shoulder. So he was a little, you know, wanted to be careful. Um, and of course, like all good rides, it started with sausage. <laughs> really? Yes. Tell me more, Liza. <laughs> oh, Coralitos Meat yes, Market. Yes, Coralitos oh, yeah. Meat Market. Yes. Yes. And then we yeah. went up to the secret spot, which... Um, 
and I we went I went there last weekend, so I've been describing it, but I'm really enjoying it because it's a dirt road, like a fire road that goes up and over the mountain, um, way into the woods, and you get people like mountain bikers and just people going over it, but. There's a certain section that a bunch of people have been going off-road and you're just um, riding over through these like hills and uh, in these redwoods. It's not a large area, but it's technical and you got some mud holes and ruts and some hills, branches, trees you're navigating. Um, So it's kind of technical. And um, one of my favorite moments, John, I think you got a picture of it is uh, I was leading and just exploring where does this path go, you know? As you do, you're riding slow. And that's the thing, because it's a secret spot where you're not supposed to be riding, I only take people up there who aren't like on loud bikes or riding fast. We're just kind of like exploring and and chilling. And I turned at one point and I'm like, as I'm riding through the redwoods and like over branches and it's got like thick, thick covering of like just tree fallings and I'm like I'm not on a path like I had that feeling like this is exactly why I wanted to have a dirt bike or an adventure bike when you're actually off the path and you're exploring and you're in an area that nobody's had a vehicle on you know and I stopped and made John take a picture (laughs) because I was just like it felt so good you know to kind of explore and you don't know where you're going um, yeah, that other little trouble went up was fun too. So, which did get us yeah. in trouble at one point because I think I John did, said, yeah. "Hey, where's that go?" And I'm like, "Let's find out." Famous <laughs> last words. Exactly. Uh, yes. Which Jim, you would have been so proud. You probably would have enjoyed it. It started out as a double track, like a truck fire road, did and we're just well, yeah. going into the woods, and it's, then it starts going up the hill. And then it was getting narrower and narrower, but it's like almost like a jogging path in the woods. And then it's like, oh, now you got to navigate between these trees. And now you got a bunch of roots. You kind of got to jump your front wheel up over. And it's like, oh, got to go over here. And you have a steep drop off because there's like a a creek down below. And then like uh, the the hillside on your left. So it's a path that's getting narrower and narrower, steeper and steeper, and harder and harder to negotiate. (laughs) And we're on comms, and I finally got to, like, the next obstacle, and I'm like, abort mission, abort mission. I'm glad glad John's smarter than I am. Usually I'm the one that you make go first. I'm (laughs) the one having to figure that out. But I will say some of your best, some of the most memorable and fun and best writing occurs because you don't know what's around that next turn or over that hill or up that hill. Because if you knew, you, like, wouldn't do it. You know, so sometimes when you explore, you end up doing stuff. Yeah. Kind of because you're forced to, right? Um, well, nothing and crazy, but it, when it starts getting that steep, if you don't keep your speed going, it can be a lot more dangerous. Because when you're stopped, the bike wants to like slide, and you're losing control. And so I'm like pointing uphill, and I'm saying, "Abort! Don't come up here." And he was at a spot that was wide enough he could turn around. I wasn't. And I'm like, "How do I get out of this?" And this is where a lot of like. Training with Jocelyn and some of the other training we've done at Hollister, it all comes into play at these moments. And I realized I'm going to have to go backwards down the trail, negotiating those trees and roots I just did. And I remembered, oh, right, you don't have to, if you're using the front brake, the bike just slides. 
and you can mm-hmm. slide right off the side. And I remembered, oh, turn the bike off, put it in gear, and use the clutch like a brake where it's in gear. And you can pull the clutch in to let it roll and let the clutch out, and it'll get traction again. And I just slowly backed up and navigated out until I got down far enough to turn around. And we got out of there. So even though, like, we aborted going up there, I felt really good as a um, as a challenge that we both were on bikes that fit us and we were able to negotiate and 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 get out of a potential situation if i was on the klr in that situation i would have been scared and um and freaked out yeah so having having the ability to well having a lighter bike was was a godsend there for sure and then um to your point being able to just like even up on on a hillside be able to pretty easily pivot the bike um around so i can go back down yeah being able to waddle with the bike and and support it and um i invented a game there um i call it catch the weasel but john keeps calling it hide the weasel which i like to remind him is a completely different game one that jim plays on i don't know i think i'm gonna pass on the next time y'all go up in the woods and play the weasel i'll let you guys have fun with that (laughs) uh catch the weasel it's just fun the weasels hide the weasel is much better I will not play hide the weasel with you. Let me just put it that way. Um, No, it was just fun. Maybe you just have a dirty mind and the weasel's nothing but a weasel. You know what I'm saying? You know, and we've said over and over that. uh, Helmet. (laughs) Oh, no. We've said over and over that helmet comms are a great thing to be able to communicate, especially like when. You say that. Jim. (laughs) You say that. (laughs) No, like going up that trail and saying, stop, turn around, don't come up here, you know? But in this case, I used it. I was riding behind him. I'm like, oh, I'm going to catch the weasel. <laughs> Which just lit a fire under him. He goes, you can catch me. And he starts tearing faster. I'm all going to catch you. <laughs> and we were just having fun. And the goal was to catch the person, catch the weasel and kick him. <laughs> yeah, but you're such a cheater. I am not yeah, a cheater. We had Tad back behind us, and she would say, well, where's Tad? we got to slow down for Tad. So I would slow down, and then she came right up and kicked me. And went, ah! <laughs> I never evil. told you to slow down. I said, no. I'm waiting for no, Tad. No, don't count as a win. Oh, yeah. John, your new your new skill to learn is how to roost. <laughs> learn how to roost. I, Didn't play that game. I, I was trying. I don't know if I can roost. <laughs> but the uh, the portion that I, I told John ahead of time, I'm totally going to throw him under the bus. Uh, but I think, John, you will spin this and say that you are, in fact, right. Um, I had said that I really think you should get a, a, a much lower seat height bike. It'll give you the confidence and the skill to navigate in a train like what we did and give you the really the, the confidence. Um, but just I said, let's just to really sink it in and make sure that we're right. You got a DRZ 400 right here. Tad's Tad. Do you mind if he rides it? John's reply was <clears throat> I'm not getting on that thing. I'm going to tip <laughs> over on it and it's not going to be good. <laughs> My reply was it's a dirt bike. You can't hurt it. Ah. My, reply was, my reply again was, Liza, don't do this to me. This is not going to work out well. But as you all know, if I want something to happen, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> so I didn't let it go. I didn't let it go. I'm like, come on, come on. Just try the DRZ. Come on. And John, well, and it happened on my Enduro too. It's the same thing. And, and this is exactly why it's good to have a smaller bike. 
John throws a leg over, gets on the bike. He pivots to the right uh, foot so that he can put the kickstand up with his left foot. And the ground is not there immediately. So what happens is he and the bike fall over. Yeah. Boom, well, I down. did that to Port three, Mikey three times. Which normally doesn't hurt a dirt bike. What does hurt a dirt bike is when you hook your f- boot on the gas tank and slide your leg across it as you're falling over. <laughs> I told you that was going to happen. And I, yeah, I know. I was so, so I, you know, just for the record here, Liza didn't listen to me, so that was that was on her, not me. He was right. But we had <laughs> we had a lot of fun, um, just ripping it up and and doing a nice long ride. And I'll tell you, one of the highlights for me also was seeing Tad grinning ear to ear. You could see it in his yeah. helmet because he had been hesitant to really do any off road riding because of his shoulder re- recuperating. He did everything we did, and he was grinning ear to ear. So, yeah, good, good ride, um, and congratulations on the the new bike, John. I think you got a, a new one. That knock promptly broke today. Oh, knock. Ah! <laughs> yeah, he knocked my helmet off my bike. He was ah. like, oh, your new helmet, my climb one. And I don't wear it off inside. He like, tries, oh, it's really light, puts it back on the bike. 30 seconds later, falls off, goes bouncing down the parking lot. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, then you're like, oh, your, no. your tail light today, huh? Yeah, Naka's just backing his bike up and just ran into John's uh, tail light and <laughs> knocked it loose. I know. I know. I've been knocked. I've been knocked up. <laughs> I know. Um, so, you know, I, I, I bring this up often, uh, going down some of these rabbit holes on YouTube. You guys do this all the time? Uh, yes, yes. Emma's search term is weird porn. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. personally I like weird porn. Yes, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yeah, I don't recommend googling that. Um, (laughs) Emma, I'm just curious. What what is your porn name? Uh, Um, Miss Spanker's Monthly. <laughs> Nick and Jim doesn't need a porn name. <laughs> no, he's already got one. Um, I'm, re- I'm recommending ah! my crevice for you, though. <laughs> oh, good lord! Oh my word! Um, but one of the videos that I was watching were um, crazy motorcycle races. Yes, right, and I was like. You know, Those sometimes things. you forget about some of these crazy sports that are out there. Um, and so I, I pitched it to the Misfits. Let's talk about crazy, crazy, um, like motorcycle, scooter, trike, any, I said two or three wheel um, events. Now, crazy right. can mean anything. So I'll give you an idea of what I mean. And let's all just kind of share some of these um, crazy things. So um, one of the types of races that a lot of people may not have heard of is uh, from Japan. You can always rely on them for weird stuff. The, it's called the auto race, even though it's a motorcycle. Do you guys, are you familiar with the auto race? Now, this is, this is the one where they bet on it. Like you bet yes. on horses. Yes. yes, yes. This is gambling. Oh, that is wild. So it's a, it's a big oval track, and they are riding 600cc two-speed motorcycles 
They're dressed almost like football players with these giant pads under their shirts. And then their handlebars are like in a, how do you call it? Like a Z, like almost like a stair. Um, right. You, well, the bikes themselves are like one, one, one handlebar. The yeah. left handlebar is like two feet higher than the right grip. Right. And, and it almost looks like a Schwinn with a 600 TC motor in it. Right. Yeah. With thin tires. Thin tires. Really tall diameter. Yeah, it looks tire. like it's got like moped wheels on it. It's crazy. Yes. And these guys, um, because it's a it's a betting thing, like going to the horse races, but you're going to the auto races. They have to live on the campus in these dormitories for like weeks because they don't want anyone getting any insider information. They're completely sequestered. It's crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. And then they ride these two speed bikes. And the thing that's interesting is they they go to like 70 miles an hour, but they're holding that speed the entire oval track. And um, there's one race, one YouTube video that's really famous, and it's one guy on a um, on a, one of these auto bikes, right? And then you got two guys on supermotos and then two guys on like sport bikes. Sport bikes in the front, supermotos in the middle, and then this auto racer in the back. And they take off on this oval track, but it's not a big oval. It's a short oval. So you're carrying a lot of speed. And pretty soon the um, the supermotos are able to carry a lot more speed because they're lighter through the turns and they catch up. And then here, but here comes that auto racer. And eventually he catches all the bikes and passes them all and wins the race. And it's the craziest wow. thing to see a dude on these like little skinny wheels uh, win the race. So that's that's a cool one you can check out. Uh, who's got one that they would like to share? Uh, I mean, if you if you want to talk about just sheer lunacy mm -hmm. of the riders, Ice Speedway takes uh, a great deal. Oh, yeah. a great deal oh. of Have you guys watched oh. this? Yeah. Um, very favored amongst the uh, Nordic nations, and I feel that. These these people who ride ice speedway bikes obviously had a career as being Vikings and decided that, you know, burning countries, raping and pillaging wasn't dangerous enough. <laughs> so they decided they were going to ride an ice speedway bike. Now, the, uh, these are the ones that have the cage around the, the wheels because they have giant yes, spikes well, in them. Because of the spikes. <laughs> but you see, speedway, um, like dirt track, so we're deviating away from ice speedway. Speedway is all about a technique where you get the bike sideways. It's counter steering, right. getting the bike sideways, going around the corner. Mm -hmm. Now, Ice Speedway differs from this in it's entirely about leaning. And I'm pretty sure that the lean angles are the lowest anywhere in the motorcycle world. Right. I mean, you're talking the handlebars are skimming the ice as they've got these things <clears throat> leaned over. It's absolutely amazing. And, of course, if the riders fall off, they stand a chance of getting impaled by, like, <laughs> yeah. three-inch-long spikes. Hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That All right. That's a good one. Uh, Jim, what you got? Uh, well, we were talking about earlier. I, I think I might be stealing your thunder. That's but, all right. Um, I've been wa watching a little lately is the sidecar motocross racing. This is crazy. I stumbled, stumbled, you know, I tell you what, Europeans have, they are motorsport fanatics over there. They have all sorts of wild stuff, but 
um, from the indoors trial riding, but this, yeah, the, the motocross sidecar racing is just crazy. And we're talking full on motocross. Um, I don't know who any of the racers are, but it's, it's, they're doing tech, like a hundred foot jumps. Inside yeah, these guys are yeah. serious, dude. It is yeah. serious business. So, yeah. um, I've been kind of addicted to that a little bit lately is the, the sidecar, you know, I don't know what you win at the end besides, you know, knee surgery or something, but, um, <laughs> Dudes are like rock stars. It's great. Ooh, that's a good one. Bagel, what you got? <clears throat> okay. Um, I have one that uh, I don't know if a lot of people have seen this. It's uh, Ape Racing. <clears throat> no, oh. The, the Ape is yeah. the three-wheeled utility scooter truck. It's a Vespa. That, that Vespa makes, yeah. yes. Um, which has like a little cab in the front and uh, a little tiny scooter wheel in, in front of that. And then two little scooter wheels in the back that can have a little box on it or a flatbed or, you know, even tow a trailer or whatever. And people have figured out ways to <laughs> race these out and have put like six, uh, 600 CC motorcycle engines in them from Hondas, Kawasaki's, Suzuki's, um, Triumph triples. And they will drift these bikes. They have these big slicks on the rear, uh, for racing and they drift these things through the corners on, on little go-kart tracks, uh, just smoking the rear tires the whole way through. Um, there's even one that's decked out to look like a character from one of the Cars movies with the <laughs> eyes and the face on the front. It's it's absolutely hilarious. And and the, I can't help but think that it's seeing these things tear around the tracks. They, they look like grasshoppers on steroids. <laughs> And it's 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 absolutely a blast to watch. So look up Ape Racing, spelled A P E, mm -hmm. uh, which is Italian for bumblebee. Oh, uh, and Ape Racing. And just to add, Jim, to yours, I forgot the. Do you know what kind of engines they're running in those uh, mm. sidecar? I super? Don't. They're six to seven hundred cc two stroke. They're big God. two stroke engines to be able to haul wow. that weight around. That's yeah, why they're yeah. able to launch in those and jumps. launch like that. Yeah. That's wild. Well, yeah. Bagel, I had one very similar to the Ape, and this mm -hmm. is the tuk-tuk racing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, like, it's really ah, big in, like, sorry, Sri Lanka. About, and actually... like, the, the Cross India Challenge, or are you talking about, like, a racetrack racing? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like Supercross on tuk-tuks. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, wow. CNN just did a, did a feature on it. You can find it on YouTube. And nice. there's tuk-tuk, and there's... Just the same thing where it's a single driver in the front, and this is like a covered thing. And then you have a bench seat behind them, and you have two monkeys back there, right? And so the <laughs> wow. monkeys are hanging out the sides in the turns, um, barefooted, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but the funny part is on many of the like the jumps, like the Supercross jumps, the tuk-tuks can't actually clear the jump. So the monkeys have to get out and push it over the hill and oh, then no. catch up and jump back in. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's nice. hysterical that sounds wow. like fun yeah so yeah i think yeah sri lanka they must be doing like indonesia stuff like that john what what did you find wow. so i found um i found in, in thailand <clears throat> they have a hundred and it's, it's called the ngo drag they have 150 cc drag races and it's they're all per little tiny little bikes, obviously two strokes, mm -hmm. and uh, and they run them throughout the day. So during the day, they run naturally aspirated car um, bikes, and in the evening, they bring out the nitrous. What? And, uh, 
so they're <laughs> shooting these quarter these these little bikes down quarter mile with tiny tires, and they're pulling nine uh, nine point four nine point five second uh, quarter miles on Whoa. these bikes. But around all that, you've got fans lining everything. You've got massive parties going on. It's just this incredible event that almost no Westerners go to. That it's like the complete scene. It was pretty cool. They do something similar to that in Pakistan. I remember Moin telling us about on these like CG 125s and they take the brakes off, which I think is just part of like the challenge. And they ride sitting down like, um, I mean, lying down on their stomach. And I think it's a challenge, like who can go the farthest, the fastest without like letting off the throttle. (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Um, I'm just going to say any racing with a sidecar is nuts. Um, One of the most amusing ones that I used to see um, when I go out to the Stockton, the little track there, the go-kart track, they had pocket bike sidecar racing. So already, you know, those pocket bikes are tiny little bikes that you just, you know. Yeah, I I didn't know they made sidecars. Oh, yes. (laughs) They make these sidecars. You look up pocket bike sidecar racing and your monkey is basically like hanging like over you or hanging out but because you the the rider and the monkey are taller than the bike is wide it pretty much turns become hysterical because they're just flipping all right? the time yeah just flipping like, all the time like um monkey would have to be the size of an actual monkey i know you have to get an actual monkey monkey <laughs> How about Emma, you got any more? Um, I mean, it's as crazy as you want to make it. We've talked about this before, but when you think about the Isle of Man TT, mm-hmm. there's you, this is a road race on road course, bikes doing as good as 200 miles an hour next to a brick wall. Right. These, yeah, these are races where people die. Crazy as it gets. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the common denominator in all of the examples we've used so far, people can die quite quickly. Yeah. And none more so than in the Isle of Man. I mean, just as a spectacle, it's as wild as it gets. It's really, I mean, it's really from another time another less safe time yeah and if we're talking about crazy like because you could die um i think the the big list and tell me if i've missed any is isle of man airsberg rodeo i mean i don't know people are dying i I guess you could i mean it's crazy Uh, the the amount of people who attempt to do it and and the versus the amount of people that finish right you got the dakar rally um which people do die and many people don't finish the baja 1000 and Pike's Peak. I mean, yeah. Carlin Dunn. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, <clears throat> those are crazy because these are like big stakes. Um, one of my other uh, favorites to watch. Do you guys ever watch the crazy hill climbs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The craziest one. one yeah. There's a place. Uh, I think it's Andler or Andler in Belgium. Does that ring a bell, Emma? Have you heard of that one? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's actually it's Endler. Endler. Um, Endler. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's just crazy. But of course, hill climbs were immortalized in on any Sunday. 
Yes. Well, this one is specifically crazy because it's that most of the hill is is stone. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yes. It's not like nice tore up dirt and grass like many of them are. This one is actually like stone face and big rocks you're leaping. And oh, oh, bless me. you. And when you are don't make it and you're falling, you're falling on rocks and your bike is tumbling down and there's no way to grab like you can't stick your heels in. It's rock face. Um yeah. that one uh, there's so many hill climbs that are crazy. There's another one I forget that has two like um uh, uh what do you call terraces that you have to jump. And a lot some people a lot of people don't make the jump and they just plant <laughs> into the oh. the face of the hill. Oh. 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 Um what else do you guys got? Crazy. <clears throat> well, back to the um Isle of Man theme. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they do do sidecars at Isle of Man too, don't they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's got to mm-hmm. be yeah, I mean that's a whole nother level I, there. I know somebody yeah. whose sidecar ran into a building and he had a TBI and trim and um, anyway, he's living out his days in a um, facility now. Wow, but uh, yeah. I didn't know about the the Irish road racing. I was, was going to oh, say yeah, the that, Northwest two hundred. That is yeah. nuts. So that, yeah, that seems almost got another level. Just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than the Isle of Man racing. And those guys yeah. are in the rain and mm-hmm. the weather. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah. And the fact that they've got three venues that they do it in, I mean, that's a lot of road to memorize. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, the other thing I've been watching lately, it's not uh, motorcycle related, but we got to bring it back to America here is America sports. Um, and it's like on Maverick TV or Speed TV. I can't remember. I got these weird, I got a new TV and I got these weird channels. I don't know what they are, but. Uh, there's two one is demolition derby oval track racing so these are cars right vehicles Mm -hmm. and shit i think it's in ohio they may do it but it's Mm -hmm. midwestern stuff it's awesome so it's a it's an oval track race but it's combined with a smash them up derby the last one i saw the the winner crossed the finish line doing about two miles an hour just (laughs) jerky and wait because every other car was out of commission the mm-hmm. other one that's just as cool is they race the same kind of oval track, but you have to tow something. Oh, yeah, oh, like, like a trailer. RV. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. And they go until everything's flying off and broken and trashed. So so that kind of redneck stuff I've been really enjoying. Not motorcycle related, but fun. What you got, Bagel? Well, one that, that I wanted to bring back that we'd covered uh, once or twice before is the motorcycle cannonball. Yeah. Uh, I've, done, I've done the scooter mm, cannonball, yes. but, but the motorcycle cannonball, it's, it's as insane as the scooter cannonball is, I think the motorcycle cannonball is even more insane because that is like 16 days coast to coast on motorcycles that are 1930 or older, uh, or actually before 1930. So, you know, the, the amount of maintenance and challenge that is involved in keeping a bike like that going for that distance for that long is just mind boggling. And I, my hat is off to all the guys who do that. I think uh, the hardest part is, is just not falling asleep on the thing. Well, I think, I think there's plenty to, to keep you awake. <laughs> <laughs> it's it'll, it'll shake you enough that you won't fall asleep. <laughs> I bet. Hey, Emma, I'm just curious, which bike would you rather not ride in the, in the motorcycle cannibal on like a 1916 uh, Thor or something, right? Or in the scooter cannibal on a 50cc, like a Zuma. <laughs> Which would you oh, rather no. not do? 
I would rather not do the 50cc. And I'll tell you why. You know, you would be surprised about some of these older bikes, you know. <laughs> it's not 1916. Yeah. Um, but one of my, a couple of my very, very dear friends right, tour around on vintage Indians. And, you know, they go back to the uh, 20s and 30s. And occasionally, if I've been a very, very good Emma, I'll get to ride them. And they're just nice places to be. Mm. It's a big, relaxed bike. Mm. Whereas if you're on a tiny bike, Mm -hmm. it's hard work. (laughs) I'd rather ride distance. I would far rather ride distance on a vintage, large bike, even going back to a 100-year-old bike, than on a tiny, tiny modern bike, simply because it's just so hard work. And I want to give honorable mention – to our own chariot racing, which is always <laughs> fun to watch. Um, yes, yes. At the one sh- yeah, at the one show, they always have the mini bike racing that people keep throwing their beer cans at the racers, and by the end of the weekend, you're going through a mountain of beer cans. Yeah, nothing takes <laughs> out like a beer can. And you. at the uh, AMA Vintage Days, the pit bike racing which we still to this day talk about one of our favorite race bikes, which was a trail, a little trail 90 with a milk crate on the back and a water bottle bouncing around. We were so excited to see if that bottle was going to bounce out or not. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was the guy with one leg on the scooter with the strapped on. Oh my God. And the barrel racing. (laughs) Yeah. What you got bagel. I I do have a couple other things I want to mention too. Um, One that we have talked about a couple of times as well is Vespa cross. Oh Um, yeah. Which, because I highly approve of using scooters for purposes that they were never designed for. (laughs) And Vespa cross is a perfect way to do that. Um, And if you, if you don't know what Vespa Vespa cross is, there is a a great article on Revzilla at uh, revzilla.com slash common dash tread slash Vespa cross, all one word. Um, Check it out. It's, it's very cool. Uh, uh, the other thing is uh, Vespa Acrobatics. Um, have you, any of you ever seen Vespa Acrobatics before? No. no. Does this involve a long ribbon on a stick? Uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> this, is, this is a sort of a type of formation riding that uh, was very popular and still is very popular in Europe uh, among Vespa clubs there, where they will ride scooters uh, like three or four in a row and have a pyramid of people stacked up between the scooters riding down oh, this big, you know, ready down the road somewhere. And the different scooter <clears throat> clubs will do this thing and compete with other teams uh, at, at scooter rallies uh, to do these different formations and different things where they're like hanging off the bike. They'll have like 10 people hanging off of one Vespa going down the road. Um, a guy will stand have the Vespa riding the Vespa. He will stand up with just one foot on the Vespa, both arms and the other leg out with just one foot going down the road, like all kinds of crazy acrobatic uh, positions that, that you were never designed to to ride a scooter in. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, I thought of one. Yeah. The bagger races at Mono America. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Everyone seems to be pretty stoked about this. I mean, talk about taking a, you know, a bike and, and racing in a way it's not designed. I think Mm -hmm. that's what makes it like so fun. And they're putting so much money into them. Yeah. Hopefully they'll do it again. Yeah. I'd like to see them again. I'd love to go check. Are they great? Yeah. They said they were. Yeah. Are these on road or off road? 
This is on the, on the racetrack. Laguna Seca. Oh, really? mm-hmm. oh, yeah, wow. the racetrack at Laguna. <clears throat> Holy cow. Yeah, it's pretty I've crazy. Take go- I've seen people take like gold wings off road before. Oh, that's a thing that's too. These guys are doing motocross yeah. on the gold wings. That's right, Bagel. <laughs> There's so that's much crazy. I'm sure we're missing so much, but I just yeah. wanted to share with everyone because there's so many like videos out there and fun like sports that you can and follow that you know besides uh you know the road racing that we know and they're just they're fun and especially when they're things like tuk tuk crazy and you're like i could do that (laughs) (laughs) right um oh i wanted to make a couple quick announcements hey i'm gonna bounce lies a while while i can i stopped to unpack my side cases and everything else so anyway all right, see you, everyone. All right, ciao, ciao. Thanks, Jim. Talk to you later. See you, Bagel. See you, John. Bye. Couple announces, announcements. Uh, just a reminder that the Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival is happening. We've yeah. uh, released the tickets. You can get them at RevSisters.com. And uh, tickets are free uh, for the first weekend. And this is uh, on YouTube, so you can view it at home. Uh, or just $10 for the extended viewing pass that's over two weeks. Um one of the films that uh, I just rewatched again today that I really enjoyed, um, it's called, I think it's called Banch, B-A-N-C-H. It's somebody's name. I think it's Banch. <clears throat> but this is kind of uh, cool. It's the privateer um, su- uh, supercross uh, circuit, right? So you got the supercross circuit and you get to be names and you get sponsors and you can make a living at it. But to get to that point, you get a pro card and you got to, on your dime, load up your your van, whatever, and travel around the country to these races. And they follow this guy who's just starting out. And it was kind of cool to see him like walking the track pre-race and going like, holy fuck, that jump is big. I don't know if I can do that. Like, he's like, wow, this is this is gnarly stuff. And um, and just meeting other people guys he's meeting who are also just new and seeing them how they're living out of their van and just making it work and like if one of them makes it and qualifies they like rally around to support him you know and it was kind of cool to see that behind the scenes look at this life of people taking their shot at the big time you know Mm -hmm. it is it is it is hard um yeah, so RevSisters.com, you can get your tickets there now. Um, another announcement. This is a big one. I shipped the swag. Wow. I shipped. I'm still waiting for mine. Yeah, shut up. Nice. <clears throat> uh, for those on video, I've got my motorcycles and misfits neck gaiter and holographic stickers uh to our patreon subscribers five dollars or more you're getting a sticker and a net gator and Ooh. for a dollar uh or to to five dollars uh you're getting a sticker sent to you and uh regardless of where you live in the world i shipped it out that's right nice. that's awesome except Excellent. for england uh-oh and what did we do? Let, let me tell you why. Um, oh, my. Oh, yeah. I shipped to Australia, to Ireland. Um, so I didn't know this. There's a thing, uh, part of Brexit, that if you are shipping any goods, you have to get, like, a permit and you have to charge, like, a 
like VAT tax or something like that. And you have to like fill out all this paperwork and declarations just to send a tiny envelope with a neck gator in it. It's a pain in the ass. So I got to apply and get a permit to be able to mail stuff. It's, it's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm still trying to understand. So um, apologies to our friends in the Mary UK. Um, I haven't sent it yet because you all are being a pain in the ass. I, I have, I have a new set of push rod sails for my trident coming from England. So they probably won't arrive. Well, it's stuff shipping into England. It's not shipping out. No, I don't. Oh, well, that's okay then. I don't. Maybe. They're just, they're collecting fees and taxes on any goods coming in. It's all part of Brexit is. It's funny. If you read the, like the USPS, uh, our US Postal Service, uh, they actually say things like, like pain in the ass, like <laughs> on their official thing. It's pretty funny. Um, and then the final announcement, this is actually an offer that I am putting out there. To, to anyone. <clears throat> and this is an interesting offer. If there's anyone out there looking for an adventure, I've got I've got a deal for you. I need to get my new KLR650 uh, shipped to South Dakota. And I'm looking for somebody who's willing to ride it there. And uh, here's what's in it for you. Uh, You get to stay for free at the Chalet Motel in Custer, South Dakota with our friend Michelle Lanfear. And I'll I'll buy your return airfare back. That's it. So if somebody is looking for a motorcycle adventure and wants to ride a KLR from Santa Cruz to South Dakota, we'll cover your hotel there and airfare back. Simple as that. Oh. That That's reminds awesome. me, Liza. Mm-hmm. I, I have a footrest for your bike. Oh, oh. right. Yeah, because I stupidly s- supplied your bike, not only with the pink slip signed in all the wrong places, <laughs> but with a footrest missing. And as um, a responsible bike vendor, uh-huh. we're dealing with the pink slip, and I have a footrest for you. So it will actually be a complete bike soon. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, you're very welcome. Is it, they, the, the footrest is silver, and so I'm giving it yeah. a lick of black paint. Oh, okay. I, I don't care about the color so much. No, I know you don't, but <clears throat> a proper job, darling. It's a proper uh, job. So, yeah, if you are interested in that adventure, uh, reach out to me at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Um, so I wanted to talk a bit about... The garage today, Emma. We had a big day. Bagel, too bad you couldn't we be there. Oh. Uh, we had it was a, it was a zoo, literally, mm. and Lots we had a lot of uh, old misfits show up. Um, nice. Mean Megan, now known as Mommy Megan, show, showed up <laughs> with Jason and her baby Elliot, and then Electric Terry was there with Charger, and then Josh showed up with his husky Zero. Oh boy! And <laughs> the huskies were mounds of entertainment they were having fun yeah and um sage say huh no little little wasn't there uh sage came by in a very interesting exotic car emma do you want to take a shot at describing this car that sage had which Ah! i'm just gonna 
proceed and say that Sage likes to buy unique vehicles and that he paid us a princely sum of $1,400 for this. Did he? He did. You'd say that's okay. a deal, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd say it's a fantastic deal. So Sage was driving um, a Pontiac Fiero, <laughs> which, um, you know, a Pontiac wow. Fiero is a, is, a, is a very interesting little car. It is. In that it was kind of a unique specimen. It, it was um, General Motors' mid-80s attempt at um, mid-engine. So mid-80s, yeah. mid-engine. Can't go wrong with that. Um, if you've never seen one, it kind of looks like a clunky Honda MR2. Do you yeah. think that's fair? <clears throat> Well, yeah, heavy-handed. They were um, supposed to be, uh, you know, the poor man's sports car. Right. However, that's only <laughs> half the story because it wasn't just a Pontiac. <laughs> no, it was, it was a carnival. It was a carnival. That's a good description. It, it was like the Fourth of July on wheels, <laughs> um, or at least the Italian Fourth of July, because um, when I was a, a young Emma. Um, we used to have um, a very prestigious rally come through my hometown. And um, among the many cars on display and were actually racing were these marvelous devices called Alantia Stratos. And Alantia Stratos is, it really looks like a bloody Ferrari, but mm -hmm. it was a rally car. Yeah. And um, the Italian airline, Alitalia, actually sponsored Lancia at the time. So there were these marvelous Lancia Stratoses, which was kind of this Ferrari looking thing. And and on the, the it had the Lan, it had the Lancia logo, but instead it said Fancia. Yeah, underneath. Fancia. Fancia. Because it's fancier than Lancia. <laughs> and so it's this white car with Italian flag graphics on it, which is red, white and green, of mm -hmm. course. Um in all these fantastic shapes, bright yellow wheels, as per Lancia Stratos. So um, it was quite the thing, really. Yeah, they were big off-road wheels. It had the um, the three big uh, spotlights on the front hood. It had the tire rack mounted on the, the rear engine hood. Exactly like the Lancia Stratos of the 1970s. It had... It all the graphics. It looked. It was a rally. It was a rally car, and then you got real I am close. Not used, <laughs> I'm not used to having cars that are as flamboyant as my old <laughs> yeah. And funnily enough, when I left, because I leave a little earlier um, to get back to Monterey in time for the for the podcast, I was actually driving through downtown Santa Cruz, and Sage was right behind me. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he left at the same time. And people were taking pictures because they thought it was a parade. You know, I think <laughs> it was kind of carnival. You know, with this El Camino, with these giant amber warning lights on the roof. Oh. And, um, and the, uh, the fake Lancia Stratos behind. And, and apparently the, the Fiero came with a couple engine options. This is the four-cylinder engine oh, option. Oh, God, it's a four. It's a four-cylinder. Oh, it's gruesome. Oh, Holy. just... They are so slow, the four-cylinder ones. They yeah. don't come with a speedometer. It's a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Not to 60 by next Tuesday. But 
Yeah, it's um, it's a thing. Yeah, it's pretty pretty funny, cool thing. Um, who else? We had a, just a ton of people there. A good day, and there was some people getting work done. But we had um, oh, and a shout out, Emma. You just as you were leaving, you met Mel, a listener yes. who lives in Santa Cruz, came by for the first time and said hi. Oh. So shout out to Mel. Um, but we had a, a a new person to the garage, Amber, with her Ninja 250 that she bought recently. It's her first bike. And um, it's we've been through this over and over and over. When somebody we, uh... buys a $500 motorcycle, we've learned there's certain things we're going to have to break to them. You know, we're going to have to break the news to them. And it's also, honestly, it goes back to why I started the garage in the first place. I had enough people saying, hey, can you help me find a cheap bike and fix it up? Uh, what's your budget? Oh, 500 bucks. I'm like, all right, here's the problem. You spend $500 on, on a motorcycle and that's your budget. That means you don't have the 300 for the carb clean, the 300 for the for the new tires, the 100 for the battery, you know, the 25 bucks for the missing turn signals. You don't have the money to do all the things you need to do to a $500 motorcycle. Right. So instead, I started the garage by getting donated bikes for free and teaching the people how to fix the bike and spend that money on the parts and learning how to maintain it and having gone through the whole bike so they know what they have and how to work on it and are empowered through it. That was the whole beginning of Recycle Garage. So, Emma, can you describe this Ninja 250 that was brought in? And before you do, <laughs> there was there's another bit of the story. We reached out to friends of ours because this bike was over the hill and needed to be brought here because uh, she couldn't ride it. So one of our friends... Uh, offered to pick up the motorcycle and put it on their uh, trailer, which is a like a dirt bike trailer, you know, the kind that just goes in your hitch, not that just floats above. Oh, which yeah. unfortunately, at some point, the bike bounced, the rear wheel bounced out oh. of the the yeah the holder. Oh no! And it landed on the the belly pan, smashed the fairing, smashed like some stuff. The bike didn't fall off because the front was mounted properly, but it just, it did some damage to bits. So that aside, and we just felt bad because, you know, when a do-gooder does damage and they feel terrible. So I just want to no say. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> exactly. Well, so describe this bike. Well, uh, before we get into the description of the bike, I'm going to give um, a motorcycles and misfits top <gasps> Ooh, tip. These are good ones. These are the good ones. So those hitches, those bike carriers that go yeah. in a hitch, they're, they're a wonderful device. Yeah. But tying down your bike is only half the equation. What you should do is actually take the extra bit of the tie down and wrap it around the tires where they yeah. go into the rack part mm -hmm. for precisely that reason because when you actually tie the bike down especially if you've got the longer straps you've got this big long length of strap that's now not doing anything it's gone through the buckle and you've pulled it down tight well just wrap it very very tightly over the wheel and under the carrier part 
So your bike can't bounce out. That's precisely what they're for. Because if you've ever followed one of those things and they bounce up and down, you're like, dang, that thing's going to bounce out. And they do. Do. So um, there's a tip. So it's... um, it's a Kawasaki Ninja 250. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it had been painted with a roller. <laughs> I think it was. It was mustard it was. colored. They painted yeah, over. Somebody painted over the bolts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it was. Um, yeah, I was. You know, it's kind of mustard, mustardy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't school bus yellow. There's a little more brown in there, sort of beige. <laughs> um, I mean, it was a complete bike. Um, mm-hmm. But it's an absolutely classic example of how bikes arrive at the Misfits. Yes. I mean, a Ninja 250 is a low-budget bike. And when a bike gets to a certain value, you know, people are loath to spend money on them. And so a lot of deferred maintenance goes on. A lot of bodging goes on to keep yeah. them on the road. And so you get a bike that's had all kinds of unspeakable things done to the electrics is the usual thing. Um, all kinds of unspeakable things done to chain and sprockets and brake pads and tires that are just so ancient um, and non-op carburetors and it, the whole gamut of things and fork seals and drusling shocks and God knows what. And I think it had them all, but it is savable. Everything's savable. It, uh, some of the things that I noticed... <clears throat> the tail section wasn't actually mounted down because the somebody took up off the grab handles, which actually bolt in and hold the tail section in. Oh, right. So the tail section was holding in by two bolts at the front. So the whole tail could bounce up and down. There was nothing holding it in. Um, and the license plate was attached to a curved piece of tin on the axle. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. No, 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 no. no. Um, it had the signs of, of people modifying, you know, it had aftermarket mirrors. It. it had turn signals, LED turn signals right. built in, but the covers for the LEDs were all gone. And, and there's random wires with um, butt splices just hanging off of the bike. <laughs> and also the key to... Uh, turn the seat latch is gone so you have to do these acrobatics of reaching up to reach the lever which has been disassembled and just kind of dangling up i mean it's got all the things and poor amber who came in thinking i just need a carb clean and um it was then pointed out that there were fork seals needed and i think Somebody said, yeah, I think Michael's like, yeah, you're going to need fork seals. Well, how much does that cost? About 30 bucks. And Amber's like, I don't know. So, mm. you know, you're like when somebody's like scoffing at 30 bucks, you're like, you, you know where they are. This is somebody who spent all their money to buy the bike. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Micah points out because they said, no, these are new tires because they look good, but they're 2014 and have signs of dry rot. Right. So, yeah. The, you know, yeah. there's no such thing as a cheap bike. Yeah, Everything's going to need some degree of work for it. Um, or, you know, you, you, you buy, 
by based on your mechanical ability or your friend's mechanical ability. Yeah. Um, if if you really have none, you know, seek help or get a bike from a dealer um, that, that <clears throat> has a warranty. You know, it's it's. You summed it up. This is why Misfits was started to get bikes like this on the road. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, wouldn't it be nice if every town had a motorcycle collective in it? Yeah. And we're talking about making it, just making it safe. You yes. need to make it safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before Eve, Emma really got to look at it, because we knew that Emma would, like, start rattling off all these things, as you do as a responsible writer and mechanic. Um, I, I said, Amber, you need to know what your number is. What's your budget? She said, right. I, I don't know. What What do you mean? I'm like, you need to know in your head what's your, your limit. Well, I, I don't know how much I can scrap together. You know, I'm like, no, like 30, 300, 3,000. Like, what, what's your number? We need to know what your, your cutoff is, your hard stop, because that's going to, you know, it, right. it's going to determine what's how, if this project is going forward or not. And as we pointed out all this stuff, you could see visibly that she was getting very disappointed. Oh. And she started talking about walking away from it, giving up. Maybe she could sell it to somebody. Her friend was there to help her, and he he was like, I'll buy it, <laughs> right? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and she just got very just deflated and down. And and Amber, she came to me and said, just so you know, like I also deal with like anxiety and depression, and this is like, mm. I thought th- that this was going to be the thing that could help me through that, is having a bike to ride. And now you're telling me it's going to be more money, more time, and this is really hard. And... um you know me, I'm not somebody who like coddles people. And I said, Really? Oh, I, <laughs> no, I, I would have known Liza. that. <laughs> I know. No, I'm Liza, like, don't tell yourself short, Liza. I see you as the caring, sharing type. I mean, yeah. you really are the, the, you know, you're like the night nurse of us all. I went and put on my Snuggie so I could give some huggies. <laughs> no. Um, no, I just said, <laughs> You know what? You're not, I said, You're not giving up on it. This is the exactly the reason I started this garage for bikes like that. And for riders like you, you've got all these people here to help you, me, Micah, Emma, all these other people, you've got the resources. You're going to see this through. And when this bike is done, you're going to have a bike that is safe to ride. And you know this because you put your hands on every part of it and you are going to know how to fix that bike and how to do things. And you don't know now but you are going to be so empowered because you are going to save that bike and learn so much in the process, but you need to figure out how much money you have to work with and then let us know so we can help you figure it out. You don't have 200 bucks for tires. Then we can, you know, ask around to some of our friends who change tires for some that have like 40% left on them. You know, there's resources we can help with. Um, but you are sticking with this and you are going to show up here every Sunday and get it done. And we will see that you get it done. And she did, she came around. I think she realized as so many of the misfits and the people come here, realize there's a whole community here wanting to help. And once you realize you're not alone in it, but that 
people have your back. Complete strangers who meeting you for the first time have your back because we're writers and we're looking out for all the other writers. That's right. what, that's what exactly. we do. And it was really um, cool to see yeah. her turn around on that. Nice. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, I'm always willing to donate my labor for free for people, you know, and our time down here. But the one thing we can't donate is parts money. Yeah. You know, I simply don't have the facility to give people parts. So, you know, um, hopefully she can find a small amount of money she needs for the parts. And then we'll do one thing at a time. Um, I should have had a pull carb, so the carbs came off. Mm-hmm. And um, um, unfortunately, she just had a shot the day before. Uh, yeah. Vaccine. Oh, <laughs> Your vaccine shot. Yeah. And she was about halfway through the day, she started getting like, ooh, I, yeah, maybe I, I think, need to go home. <laughs> I think she was suffering a little bit from, yeah. from getting tired because she had the one shot. She had the Johnson & Johnson. And from oh. what, I've, what I've been hearing, it's, it, it, you know, if you get the J&J shot, it's knocking you around a little bit. Um, yeah. So, um, so I think um, she boxed up all the carburetor parts, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll come back next week, and I'll uh, help her reassemble them. I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Flat spots out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this one through again. This is exactly why we do this, and um, yeah, we have so many resources to help her and uh, to make that that bike run right. But unfortunately, I didn't spend as much time on it today as I would have liked to because it was one of those days where it's like, oh, Emma, and oh, Emma, and Emma, and I was running backwards and forwards like a headless chicken and not really yeah. being able to concentrate. We, we can blame Charlie for that. Yeah, it was mostly Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> but, boy, but again, we'll, we'll get that race bike running well. I mean, Charlie bought himself basically – a full race CBR yeah. 600. We don't know the history of this bike. Um, and the idle is a little bit crunchy. Um, I suspect more through the cam profile than anything else. But I'll, se- I'll see if I can, I can get the chunk out of the idle and get it at least idling reasonably. You know, I, you know I love it when he runs that bike. Do you know why? Mm-hmm. Why? The smell of race gas. Oh God! It's intoxicating. Uh, I love the smell of race gas. <laughs> it is nice. Um, hey, another announcement. Hey, if you are in uh, Northern California, you want to come join us next Sunday. Um, big news: we're doing another suspension workshop with uh, Jason of JP Hans. Bring your bike down um, between eleven a.m. and three p.m. And for $40, he'll set up your suspension. And that is a big deal because you have no idea how shitty the suspension is on your bike until you get it set up. That's properly. true. Well, yep. I think John can speak to that effect right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, in what regard? <laughs> <laughs> the, the XT225. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he was here today and he gave you some mm-hmm. some tips. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big guy, so that's a, that's a that's a cute little bike. So uh, it's kind of he said it was set for 100 like 30 pounds. Stop playing with whatever you're playing with, John. Thank you. I got a long way to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm a long way from 130 pounds. So um, yeah, so the so suspension yeah. is pretty soft on that. 
It's super soft, yeah. So he told me about, you know, I, I mean, I kind of had a feeling I was going to need new springs, but he gave but me a good tip on where to go. He gave you good news that you don't have to change out the shock, just the spring. Yeah. And that's something a lot of people don't think about either. Yeah. Yeah, I um, did that with my KLR. Um, it's a lot of work, but mm-hmm. it's, it's so much cheaper to buy a whole new Emma, new do you have one of the spring compressing tools? Yes. Can you bring it next weekend um, in case Jason is busy? Because if John's able to get a new spring, we can swap that spring out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to. I appreciate you know, it. Do you, you know what my spring compressing tool is? These <laughs> fingers. <laughs> Actually, John. Um, oh, you know what we could do? We could do the zip tie trick. The zip oh, God. Trick? Yeah, there's a great oh, zip tie trick. I don't know the zip tie trick. Don't listen to Liza. What? It's a good way to lose an eye. No. On, yes. on the strings? Yeah, the zip tie trick. So, I saw someone do it with a tie down one time. So, yeah, or a tie down. So, on the zip tie trick, because all you have to do is compress the spring enough so that you can remove the tension yeah, the and collar. get the, yeah. the, the clip yeah. off. Or, and um, what you do is you start putting zip ties on the, the coils and each zip tie you're going, it's pulling it down a little more, a little more, a little more, and you keep tightening them as you go. Bagel, have you ever done this trick? No. Yeah. And then you get, end up getting like 50 zip ties around it and they've crunched down and that like one coil, one set of coils down together, oh, which gives you enough. Did. Yeah. It's Emma, you've done it before, right? Yes. Yes. See, um, no, I must admit, I am I am quite feeble when it comes to springs. I used to I used to have a, a like a chain, not like a drive chain, like a chain and padlock chain, and I used to used to use that and kind of hold the springs in place while I wound everything off. I have no idea what you're how you use a chain on the spring. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I got I got I went and got spring compressors. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there there are tools, um, but hey, it's it's open to the public. And John, I think you're hopefully you're going to get some uh, suspension work. I'm going to get my 690 set up. I had the Africa Twin done last time. Yeah, I want to get the Tiger right set up um, because you your new graphics laser yeah. on the 690 um, have changed the uh, specific gravity of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Yes. Yeah, so that that is big news. And wait, did we catch up on all the things? Did we talk about all the things? I think we may have talked about the all one show, the, things. the KLR, the films, the crazy Prezo. Uh, I think we talked about all the things. That means it's email time. All right. Oh, you guys are gonna like this one. I got an email, and this one really, you're gonna like this one. And this one is from Noah Tittle. Noah says, hey, Misfits, I'm a big fan of the show and a motorcycle enthusiast myself. I'm currently 16 years old and I live in Mm. Arkansas and have been riding motorcycles since I was 14 when I bought myself a 250 Rebel. I'm currently riding a 2002 Kawasaki Nomad 1500 and I love it. It's uh, one of the bikes I'm fixing up to sell to make a little money on the side, but I think I'm going to enjoy it a little bit before I do. I love the podcast and all the work y'all do. Keep it up. You guys, there's a 16-year-old riding a Vulcan 1500. Wow. wow. Sweet. What I, I love. That's great. Rock on. What I love. He's driving the girls crazy. Is that he. Yeah, I know, right? 
<laughs> that's right. The girls dig yeah, it, huh? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be riding a Rebel 250 picking up chicks. No, but no. 1500. 1500. You can pick up chicks on a Rebel 250. They're just different kind of chicks. They're, yeah. You mean like the chess club chicks? Real chickens. (laughs) Wait a minute. John, isn't this how you met your wife? Hey, you want to ride? (laughs) No, that's how I almost broke my wife. (laughs) That's why she won't ride anymore. (laughs) Oh, man. So, you guys got any other updates on anything? Other than we're getting ready for the one show. Oh, we still have to finish. We still have to come up. All right. One show. What are we going to have people do? Um, Kiss, kiss the ginger. I think so. No, No, I think, I think, um, you know, let me think because we really need to come up with a competition. What about the, the ginger snap things or or no, no, I think I think you need to come up with your best sketch of Bagel's beard. Wait, what? Uh, a sketch? You need to sketch Bagel's beard. And you can do it in pencil. You can do it in um, just, you know, uh, a writing pen. You could do it in a Sharpie. Bring your and it can colors. be on any medium. <laughs> on Bring any medium. You can do it on the back of a cigarette packet, business card, whatever. But you need to do a sketch of bagel's beard and the best sketch of, of bagel's beard and we're going to compare it to bagel he's going to be in person <laughs> so we're going to be holding up the sketch right next to his beard social distancing of course and the most accurate representation well, well wait a minute is this going to work because we're going to have masks on no that well that's fine right, because no, we're going to use no, no, no he's got he's got a good our point. imagination we're going to use our imagination i got it i got it how about this there All will right. be no kissing the ginger. You just have to walk up to Bagel, find Bagel, and say, find kiss the kiss the ginger, 25 cents. Okay, that'll, if you just say <laughs> with the mask on, okay. All right, that's all you got to do. And you got to okay. say it like Emma does it. Kiss the ginger. Kiss the ginger, 25 cents. Um, and to dovetail into my competition, if you have Bagel's beard actually drawn on your mask, <laughs> I'm going to give you a bonus prize. Ooh. Oh, my oh. God. So, we're, yeah, we're going to have to be carrying around prizes, but I, I got prizes. Yeah, and I got prizes, too. I'm going to have a little bit of swag from Mototown. And bear in mind, the Mototown swag I'm going to be giving out, Mototown isn't even open yet. So this is exclusive yeah. Mototown swag opening weekend. I want opening Mototown week- well, swag. Well, it's not the opening weekend. Yeah. I do not officially Please. open Mototown until I get my business license from the city of Marina. However, even if I was to get it tomorrow, as unlikely as it is, my grand opening would not be until Tuesday. The is it the fourth of May or the third of May? I think that's the. Third. Third? I think so. Yeah. I've already got a full day. Mm. Yeah. But um, because, of course, we'll be driving back from your heist. Tuesday the 4th. Um, Tuesday the 4th. Tuesday the 4th of May is my <clears throat> earliest day that Motortown is open. 
But yeah. nevertheless, I will be distributing swag to Kiss a Ginger, 25 cents. Kiss a Ginger. Ginger with <laughs> bagel's beard <laughs> on your mask. And, you know, there's no, there's no drawing on a beard like 30 seconds before you walk up to us. I'm going to be <laughs> observing the people whose beards are drawn on throughout the show. And for those who haven't seen pictures or video of Bagel, I would describe him as a cuddly ginger with a <laughs> dapper hat and a luscious ginger mud flap of hair. You think a mud flap? Oh, he's got the mud flap going right. Now. Turn around, Bagel. Turn around. Hold That's a mud flap. Yeah. That's a mud flap. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing else you can call that but a mud flap. I, I can't get it's a mud. It's got okay. a little mullet going on. Yep. It's not a little okay. mullet. <laughs> it is it's not. Um, it's, and it's not so a mullet because I haven't cut. Had, so just look for the ginger it. mullet. <laughs> there you go. So, Emma, if somebody gets, like, really creative and, and spends some time at home and comes with a mask that has high levels of creativity, will that, will that, is that allowed? Oh, yeah. No, I, okay. as long oh. as you wear it throughout the show. I mean, I oh, expect. Wear it throughout the whole show. Tell yeah, you no, what. I, I expect people to put some effort into this. If you actually show up with a mask with a, a bagel's beard drawn ginger on, then you actually do get to kiss the ginger. No, no, there will not be any actual kissing. Bagel, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what if you're vaccinated? Will that help? <laughs> no, no, there will not be any kissing. No, no, Bagel. No, no, no. Bagel, you are no, such no, a taken no. man. A year ago, you would have been all over this deal. Yes. No, he would. He would have. Before the, before the but, pandemic, sure. <laughs> no, it's nothing to do, you know. Someone has stolen Bagel's heart from us. Yes. Oh. Yes, this is true. And her name is Persephone. How is your cat, Bagel? Oh. Well, Persephone is doing well. <laughs> yes, she's, yes, she's, she's very, um, very happy. Um, finally starting to, to get used to the other cat, um, although he's still being a butthead. But, well, uh, you know, that okay. might be a lifetime. That might be a lifetime thing. This um, is true. And, um, I would never be so forward to ask about your your girlfriend on the show, Bagel. I mean, if you want to share, you're welcome to do so. But I would never be so forward as to ask. She she is doing well, and uh, she will be coming down with me to visit Santa Cruz in a couple of weeks. Oh, oh good. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, do you think that's wise? Because we're all staying at your house on Sunday night. Yes. And if she meets us ahead of time, she might actually decide. That <laughs> oh, well, she's looking she forward to meeting what? you when you're here. Wait, is she a ginger? No, she's not. Oh, so we can't kiss no. her. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, I forgot to tell you one other update today. Okay. <laughs> That sage was up to some shenanigans today that I discovered what? at the end of the night. Did you know about this, Emma? Were you no. party to this? No. I know he got at least two of my bikes and knocks, so uh -oh. there's probably more. Did you get penises on your valve stems? No, which I did that to somebody. It might have been John. So I did that to somebody recently. I don't even remember who it was, but they, there's somebody going around with a penis valve stem right now. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> no. They're flying penis stickers. <laughs> and they're tiny. They're tiny 
penis with wing stickers that look like like a bit of mud got on your like they're, they're teeny tiny you have That's to get really is. close and go what is oh my heck <laughs> yeah awesome. yep it, That's great. i found it at least I, I found it on my africa twin and one of the klrs and on knox bike so heads up if you had a bike at the shop today, you may want to give it a go good look over for yeah, some sort of dicks. kind of a weird cancerous <laughs> mole looking thing that may or may not be a dick with wings. Just want to give you that heads up. And if you know where I can get a hold of some of these stickers, please email us at recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com. Because we got bikes today. <laughs> <laughs> they're quite brilliant um i think that wraps it up i mean i think everyone's just pooped got, oh you got, got oh you got an update give me let me plug one thing no, yeah plug one thing. go for it i don't know if you had a chance this is a spoiler alert on moto gp let me just say that if you haven't watched the races then turn tune off right now okay um <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen moto three go watch moto gp moto three <clears throat> which is the young kids mm-hmm. on the smaller bikes it is absolutely insane but last week, um, what, uh, Pedro Acosta got penalized, started from pit lane, worked his way all the way through and won the race. It's, it was like one of the most exciting races I've ever seen. So I'm just plugging MotoGP, but, but skip down into Moto2 and Moto3 and, and see some of the younger people because they, the races are phenomenal. Are they riding, they're riding the 400s? They're riding the 400s, yeah. But not the KTMs now. These are the... Uh... Are these the Kawasaki's? What do they ride? I, I think they're the Kawasaki's. I'm not 100 percent sure, but okay. I think, uh, they're not on the on the KTM's anymore. Yeah. And Triumph is in Moto too. They the the triples are that engine. Fun stuff. Um, yeah. thank you for that update, John. And just as a reminder, remove all things in front of you when you're recording. <laughs> if you're wondering what that clanking sound is. I'm Italian. I gotta move and do things. It's so funny because both like you and Emma, you're both like Emma's always like moving and like things are rattling. <laughs> You need two stress balls to keep it going. Right? <laughs> that, that'll be the next uh, swag I come up with. Motorcycles miss it. Well, stress balls. Gym, and you get two of them. Stress balls. Two of them. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I think we got to wrap because Emma's losing her light. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm fading away. She's fading darling. away. I'm fading um, away. And, oh, I've had a couple people email me to ask about T-shirts, if I still have them. Yes, I still have them. The design is on our Facebook page. And I still have some of the um, ones before that, the black with the red and white motorcycles and misfits. A couple, I think, extra larges. I always like that design. You know? Yeah, that knock designed it. It's, it's, it's a great design. And I think and I might get knock. You know, I might throw some money at knock to do do a slight redo perhaps with the green instead of the lime green instead of the red oh i have that that? behind me over there in the corner see that the lime green behind the mic stands that looks great we should Mm -hmm. do a few t-shirts we should do a limited edition run of the old style well uh yeah i gotta get rid of these so if you're interested it's 25 dollars shipped to you so that includes the shipping um and you just send a PayPal to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com with the size of shirt you want. Um, there, I'm out of some I'm sizes, but but if you send a PayPal uh, and say what size you want, I'll just refund you right away and give you a note if we don't have it. Um, but yeah, I got some left. I think I'm going to take some up to one show. That might be one of the prizes if you kiss a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so big thanks again to our 
Patreon subscribers. They're, that's how, you know, what pays for this swag that I'm sending out to everyone. These cool uh, neck gaiters that we did that double as a mask so that we can go to public places. Um, and uh, thanks again to all of our listeners out there, especially all the ones that email and the ones who drop by. We had so many people come by. Such a fun day. Um, on that note... Just like the old days. Just like the old days it was. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I know. Nice. <laughs> I see. Oh, we're oh, going down. Oh, Edward G. Robinson, okay. Yeah, we're going down. I think, it's, I think it's time to get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Bagel. Uh, Emma, darling. Don't be John. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. cool. <laughs>